0: name for i spoke a word you were seeing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath so.
1: Father, we thank you for your overwhelming, never-ending love. We thank you for Jesus, for how he humbly went to the cross, took our sin upon him, and paid the penalty so that we wouldn't have to. We stand firmly on your grace, and with gratitude and with humility, we worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, we have one more song to do with you. But before that, will you take a few moments to greet everyone around you? And we'll start back in just a minute or two.
0: Who does? Well, I was when sitting down, I thought, oh, We can
1: have a worship up? There's a bucket over here. Alright folks, let's make our way back to our seats. Let's worship together one more time.
0: walls that we called sin and shame. They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came and he died, died and he, he rose.
2: rose.
0: Those walls are rubble now. Remember those giants we called sin and grave. They were like mountains and in our way but he came and he died and he rose those giants of death this is our God sing it out now this is our God this is who he is he loves us this is our God this is what he does he saves us for the cross he's the grave that heaven and earth proclaim this is our God King Jesus Remember that fear Remember that fear that took our breath away fire we'll we we'll pray, 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 pray. He heard Every word, every whisper, now those altars in the wilderness tell the story of His faithfulness. Never once did He fail and He never will. This is our God, this is our God, this is who He is. He loves us This is our God This is what He does He saves us For the cross Beat the grave Let heaven and earth proclaim This is our God King Jesus And who pulled me out? Who pulled me out of that pit? He did He did Nobody but Jesus, who won't be the He did, He did, who paid for all of our sins Nobody but you rescue. Who rescued Jesus. me from that grave? Yahweh, Yahweh, who gets the glory and praise. Nobody but Jesus. Who rescued me from that grave? Yahweh. Yahweh, who gets the glory and praise? Nobody but Him. This is our God. This is who He is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what He does. He saves us. Before the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim: This is our God, King Jesus. Before the cross. To pray that heaven and earth proclaim this is our God in Jesus.
1: Have a seat, everybody, and turn your attention toward the screen right now if you don't mind.
2: He is risen. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, happy Resurrection Day. Yeah, happy Resurrection Day. Uh, I'm really glad to have all of you with us today. And uh, pardon me while I raise this just a little bit. Uh, Yeah, so good to have everybody here. If you are joining us either through YouTube or Facebook, uh, whether you're joining us from North Africa, Central Oklahoma, Little Rock, Arkansas, or... You're just right here. We're really glad you're with us today. So thanks for being here. Um, you know, today uh, it's so interesting. It's so funny. I, I, I and I've shared the story before and a lot of you know this, but but I, I sometimes have a dream. I used to have this dream when I was in seminary that I had finished an entire semester and all of a sudden remembered I had forgotten to go to one class and I had a final and I didn't know where the classroom was to take the final. Uh, and so, as a pastor in my early years, I used to have this dream that it would be Easter Sunday, and all of a sudden, I remembered that morning I forgot to prepare a sermon uh, and uh, I didn't do that this week okay uh it's It's really interesting how uh how easy it is uh for me to kind of get turned sideways. It really is. And uh, I, I think that might not just be true for me. I, I think it could be true for a few other people uh, today. What you know, a while back, a while back, I was I was doing a study on the word hope and I was doing a study on the word hope because I need hope. I don't know if you need hope, but I need hope. And there are things in our lives sometimes that feel painful. And hope is what carries us. OK, and uh, a, a certain hope. Uh, a hope that is um, uh, that is absolutely certain, uh, a hope that is a joyful expectation. Uh, I, I think that's something that all of us need. And uh, so I was doing the study, and I, I read this word, and this is this is not a part of our notes yet. So, uh, but I just read this word in in the scripture where it says, "Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth uh, into a living hope through the resurrection." of Jesus Christ from the dead. That, that, that we have been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's my sermon for, for Easter. I thought, you know, uh, typically I would go to one of the Gospels and read one of the Gospel stories or narratives. And, and that's awesome and that's good. But today what I want to do is I want to talk to you a little bit about the relevance. Why and how is the resurrection important in your life every day of the week, in every moment of every day? Can we do that? Is it, well, I want to talk about why and how the resurrection is important. And uh, before I do that, I want to talk to you a little bit about Peter. You remember Peter? Uh, Peter's probably the most celebrated of the apostles, the early followers of Jesus. And, and, you know, Peter's life was quite an interesting life. He's kind of, I don't know. I mean, I relate to him, a guy who sometimes speaks when he should be quiet. Um, I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I, I have it occasionally with my wife. Uh, I have it occasionally on Sunday mornings. Uh, but but uh, he has a way of speaking up sometimes when it would be better to keep his mouth shut. And, uh, but he's a, a good guy. You know, he's, uh, he's really a good guy. And, um, you know, Jesus, Peter witnessed Jesus in a lot of different ways. Uh, Peter was one of three disciples, along with James and John, who was invited into a home where Jesus took a little girl who had died, took her by the hand, and raised her up to life again. And he was one of three disciples who got to witness Jesus in a very, very powerful way. Jesus was one of three disciples, along with James and John, who was invited up on a high mountain. And while he was on this high mountain with Jesus, the Bible says that he began to shine; uh, that his face began to shine like the sun, and, and his clothing uh, was shining, uh, you know, bright. And, uh, and, and the Bible tells us that there appeared with him, with Jesus, uh, uh, Moses and Elijah. And and Jesus speaks up and says, Lord, it is good for us to be here with you today. Uh, We're going to build three shelters. We're going to build one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And then a voice from heaven speaks and and says, uh, says about Jesus, This is my beloved son, hear him. Which is a very polite way of saying, be quiet. Um, and Peter witnessed that. Uh, Jesus was, was Peter's hope. Jesus, uh, Peter hoped in Jesus. He hoped that he would be the Messiah. When Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And then he asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That was Peter. Uh, Peter had witnessed all these different things. He saw Jesus with his own eyes. He heard Jesus with his own ears. He, he touched Jesus with his own hands. He witnessed Jesus. Um, but then, suddenly everything changed. Jesus was, was Peter's hope. Jesus was who Peter hoped in. And then Jesus was arrested. He was arrested. And Peter, losing hope, denied Jesus three times and cursed him. You ever lose hope? Have you ever lost hope? So has Peter. So has Peter. I have too. And then Jesus dies. And then this crazy thing happens. Something that Peter had been told about, but he still couldn't understand or imagine, and the rest of his disciples couldn't understand it or imagine it either, is he was raised again on the third day. And and on the evening of that first day of the week, the day that he raised, uh, Peter witnessed Jesus. And and, and the Bible tells us that um, in John chapter 21, that, that on one day... Peter was with, he was with James and John. He was with Thomas and he was with Nathaniel and two other disciples and they went fishing. That sounds like a good thing to do. You know, everything goes sideways. Let's go do something fun. Let's play golf, ride a bike, or go fishing. Alright? And so he went fishing. That's what he knew. That's what he did. That's what he did all his life. He had been a fisherman before he was a preacher. And so he's just going back to his old life. His life of fishing. And in and, and On that that day, that night, they fished all night, didn't catch anything. And then that uh, early the next morning, uh, they hear a voice from the shoreline, quiet to them. Have you caught anything? They said, nothing. No, we haven't caught anything. And Jesus said, throw out your nets on the right side of the boat. And they brought in this huge haul of fish. And John said to Peter, he says, it's the Lord. And then Peter does what any rational person would do. He puts on his outer clothing, jumps in the water and swims ashore. Most people take it off and then jump in the water. But Peter, you know, he wanted to do it differently. He was making a statement. I don't know, a fashion statement. Uh, The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 that Peter, uh, Peter, it tells us not just Peter, but his disciples. The Bible tells us that Jesus appeared to his disciples with many convincing proofs. Over a period of 40 days he saw the resurrected Jesus. Let me read for you a text of scripture. First Peter uh, chapter one, verse one, and I'm going to read through to verse nine. And in uh, Peter writes, he says, "Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ." Peter saying, "Hey, I'm an apostle. I was sent by Christ with a message." Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. These are regions in what would be considered today modern-day Turkey. Okay? So when you think of Asia, it's not Asia, the continent. It's Asia, a province, a Roman province in uh, ancient Turkey. And so he, he, he writes, he says, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontius, Um, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, uh, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit to be obedient to Jesus and sprinkled with His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Do you need grace? Do you need peace? Do you need grace today? Do you need just this overwhelming, awesome kindness? Do you need peace? Do you need an inner serenity and tranquility? Grace and peace be yours and abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a... Living hope. See, Peter had a hope. And his hope died on the cross. But then, now, he has a living hope. A living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Who through faith are shielded by God's power. What verse am I in? <laughs> in Five. Right. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming, uh, the coming salvation of the salvation that is ready to build, be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, because these people have not seen Jesus, we have not seen Jesus. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, I've never seen Jesus. Even though you don't see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Do you need joy in your life? Would you like to have joy that is inexpressible? Would you like to have a joy that's glorious? For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let me pray for us and I am going to kind of I want to, I want to look at four major points here if I can. Let me just pray. God, you are great. You are awesome. You are good. Lord, we want to celebrate. We want to worship you today because you have defeated the power of sin and death. You have defeated the power, uh, your enemy who resists you, who resists us. Uh, and you have uh, caused us to be born again into a living hope. Oh, Lord, today I pray that you would Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand. Help us to humbly receive the word implanted that is able to save our souls. I pray this in the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. Four things I want to focus on today I want to talk to you about. and The first one is this, is that in Christ we are, we are God's elect. Chosen by God for grace and peace. Now, if that sounds weird to you a little bit, that's okay. Let it be weird, alright? But just understand, this is what the Bible says. That in Christ, we are God's elect, chosen by God for grace and peace. There is a reason why Peter begins what he's writing about with saying these words. These are important words. They have important meaning. See, if you were a student of the Old Testament Scriptures, if you had read the Old Testament Scriptures a lot, when you read this, you would immediately understand that this is the language that would be spoken of the Jewish people, particularly the Jewish people who lived after 605 B.C. You would know that this would be something that normally would be used to talk about, not about Gentiles, but about Jews and a very specific group of Jews. Jews who were living after 605 B.C. What happened in 605 B.C.? Nebuchadnezzar had, had led the armies of Babylon. They had gone in. They had wiped out Egypt. They had wiped out Syria. They went in, wiped out Judah, wiped out Moab, wiped out Ammon. They ruled the entire world. And they carried all these Jews, all these Israelites with them into captivity back to Babylon. They were, they were God's elect. They were, have you ever heard of the people of Israel being called, called the, the, the chosen people of God? Yeah. Now, this is very Jewish language that you would use to speak of a Jewish people. He calls them, God's elect, exiles. Exiles. Exiles like exiles to Babylon. But in this case, they're not ex. By the way, very, very interesting. Peter writes this book. You know where he writes from? He writes from Rome. But you know what he calls Rome? Babylon. It was kind of like a cold word. A lot of early Christians used that word to speak of, of Rome. They would call it Babylon. Because they viewed themselves as being like exiles. God's chosen people living in exile. And and what he's doing and what, what, what Peter is doing in this is he is saying that you as Gentiles, you are God's chosen people, not by your ethnicity. See, you're not the chosen people of God because you are descendants of Israel. You are the chosen people of God because you are recipients of God's Grace and mercy. You get that? That is very significant and important. And and not not only are these people who would have been considered outsiders by most Jews, he's saying you're insiders because of God's grace, God's mercy, and God's choice. Chosen, elect. Yes, exiles, scattered, and by the way, that Greek word for scattered, there in, in, in uh, First Peter chapter 1, uh, it, it's the same word. We get the, our word, the, di, the, uh, the diaspora from. You ever heard of the diaspora? The, the scattering of the Jewish people? It's a very, very common uh, way of speaking of the people of Israel. A scattered people. But he's saying that we are living like exiles in this world. But we are God's chosen people. And because we are God's chosen people... Grace and peace be yours in abundance. May you have an abundance of grace. May you have an abundance of grace today. Uh, My sister-in-law is struggling with lymphoma. Uh, I'll talk about this more in a few minutes. She's dying. She's on hospice. Uh, My my brother-in-law has emphysema recently uh, he was diagnosed with emphysema. And he has nodules in his lungs, and the doctors believe it's lung cancer. Uh, my, my, son, uh, my son's father-in-law, John, uh, last week or week before, was diagnosed with having stage 4 colon cancer. And what I pray for them every day is I pray for God to do what only God can do to heal them. I pray every day that God would give the doctors wisdom and skill in knowing how to treat them. But then I pray that God would give them grace and I pray that God would give them peace. Because when you're facing death, that's what you need. You need grace and you need peace. By the way, when you're facing life, because sometimes life can feel like death, you need grace and you need peace. May God's grace and peace be multiplied to you today. This is not just a traditional greeting. This is something that we all desperately need. The second thing I want, want you to see in the text is this. is that I want you to see that we have been born again to a living hope. That what the Bible says here in, in verse 3, uh, Peter begins by saying, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And why, why, why is Peter praising God like this? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy... Because God is great and awesome in mercy. Because in His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection is profoundly important. Every day. Not just one day a long time ago. Uh, The resurrection is not just something to... I don't know, to acknowledge, fall away, and then forget about. It's impossible to live the life of a Christian without trusting in what God has accomplished through the resurrection on a day-by-day basis. See, see that, that, that through the resurrection, we've been born again. We've been born again. Those words sound familiar to you? That idea of being born again, a new birth, a new birth. In, in John 3, Jesus was talking with this guy who was a religious leader. His name was Nicodemus. Some of you may know the story, remember the story. And, um, and Nicodemus is just saying, hey, you know, you're a great teacher and everybody knows it, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, kind of buttering Jesus up. And then Jesus says to Nicodemus, it's kind of like he just completely ignores everything that Nicodemus says to him. And he says, he says this. He says, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. See, unless you're born again, there is no entrance into the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, there is no experience of the kingdom of God. Uh, You must be born again. So I, I, I guess I'll just ask you a question. Uh, I guess the, the right question would be that, well, before I ask the question. No, I'll go ahead and ask it. Have you been born again? Have you been born again? See, the reason why I asked you that question is because you will never see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Nobody sees the kingdom of God because they go to church. Nobody sees the kingdom of God because, you know, because they're, I don't know, they're they're basically good people. Nicodemus was a good man. He was a very religious man. But Jesus said, unless you are, in fact, you know this? You can be a preacher. Did you know that? You can be a preacher, but if you're not born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. Did you know that? I don't know why is that important? Because Nicodemus was nicknamed the teacher of Israel. Meaning that he was so good at what he did, he was called the teacher of Israel. Nobody's even called me the the the, the teacher of, of Solana Valley, okay? Years ago, years ago we used to meet in this, uh, we used to meet in the school over at Begale Wilson Elementary, down the hill from Rancho Salado. And apparently some of the kids used to call me the priest of Rancho Salado. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm the priest of Rancho Salado. I'm not even Catholic. <laughs> Hopefully my Catholic friends won't be okay with that. I didn't call myself that, okay? Uh, we've born, been born again to a living hope. Now, now see, being born again is very very important and significant not just for the hereafter see a lot of people think well i'm saved my sins are forgiven i'm going to heaven okay uh, what's for what's for lunch today no 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 being born again has huge significance for the here and now for the here and now you see we can't live the new life without the new birth and if we're not living the new life, it always raises the question, then have we experienced the new birth? It's very important. Have you been born again? Number three, third thing I want you to see here, is that we have, we have an imperishable inheritance. Where do I see that? Verse 4. Well, in verse 3 it says, it says here, in His great mercy He has caused us to, uh, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. You've been born again into, uh, through the resurrection to a, a living hope, and you've been born again into this new inheritance into an inheritance that can never perish um, or pass away. Uh, Peter doesn't just praise God because they we are born again to a living hope, because we are born again into an inheritance. Um, you see, everything that we enjoy in this world is subject to perishing, spoiling, fading. Did you know that? Everything in this world is subject to perishing, spoiling, fading. But the inheritance that we have in Jesus will never perish, never spoil, never fade. I want you to watch this video. Kathy, can you bring up? Try your best.
0: Hey Gary, we're in Walnut Valley um, headed
3: up toward the Old Bible Church. And this is, this is, I mean, I've never seen anything like this. This is just,
0: I don't even know where I am. Wow.
3: Wow. They're going to think that we're just driving around to look at. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord, help these people. We're on our way to help. Um, I'm with a vet and one of her coworkers. A house was damaged, and we we're, we're headed over to help any way we can.
2: Uh, I received that video yesterday morning from my sister. Oh my goodness. Well, We're going to watch it again now, second time. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you were really paying attention to anything my sister said, but of course I am because she's my sister. And she said, we're in Walnut Valley. That's like saying to you, we're in, I don't know, it's like saying we're in Sussoon like saying that. It's like saying we're in Sassoon. It's like saying, oh, we're in Wood Creek. Any of y'all know where Wood Creek is? It's right there. It's like saying we're in Wood Creek or we're in Rancho Solano. Actually, Walnut Valley would probably be more like Rancho Solano, okay? We're heading up to the old Bible church. That would be like saying, we're headed over to Solana Valley Church. So that was the church I grew up in. That was the neighborhood of the church that I grew up in. And, and she says, I don't even know where I am. And it was like, as I was watching it, I didn't know where she was. See, see for, for me, when I hear the word Walnut Valley, what I think of is I think of a neighborhood we really wanted to live in, but we couldn't afford to live there. When I think of Walnut Valley, I I think of uh, the neighborhood where my church was. When I think about Walnut Valley, I think of the neighborhood where so many of my friends lived. Mm. You know... On that day, on that day, earlier that day, people were busy doing what people do. They were making their to-do list. They were going shopping. Some people were going to work. It was a very ordinary day. Uh, For a lot of people, life felt good. You know, maybe some people were sitting out in their backyard, just kind of admiring their lawn, admiring their home, admiring everything that they owned, everything that they possessed. It was a good day. Then the skies darkened. Because that's how it happens. The skies darkened. Rain began to fall. The winds began to blow. Sirens began to well. And a tornado hit the ground with a thud. That made the earth shake. That's the way it is. And in a moment, in a moment, it was all gone. I've seen so many of those videos from so many different friends of mine. Um, so much of what we long for and work for in this life will Perish. So much of what we long for in this life, so much of what we work hard for will perish. So much of what we invest ourselves in for a whole lifetime will spoil. So much of what we labor for will fade. Oh, Jesus said this. He said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Why does Jesus say that? Jesus says, do not store up treasures for yourselves here on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In Christ, we have been born again into inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Imagine for a moment being a part of a family, an extremely wealthy family. You have an inheritance. It's a family with enormous wealth. Can you imagine that? I'm from Arkansas. I have to really work hard at that. Imagine belonging to a family with enormous wealth. Imagine this wealth is not something that can be stolen away from you. Can't be stolen. Can't be taken away from you through rust, mold, thieves, tornadoes, or earthly disasters, wildfires. That's something we're more familiar with. This is not an imaginary wealth. This wealth, this inheritance, is as real as the chair you sit in. See, in Christ, if you have been born again, you have an inheritance. It is as real as, real as the chair you sit in. Um, it's as real as anything that you can touch. And it's an inheritance to things like lymphoma, things like lung cancer, like emphysema, like colon cancer, like tornadoes, like wildfires. It is an inheritance that's as real as anything that you can touch but can never be touched by any disaster. Nobody can take it away from you. Uh, in Christ, we have an imperishable inheritance. Number four. Uh, fourth thing I want you to see in this text, and this one's going to be maybe the hardest for me to develop, but please be patient. Uh, we can greatly rejoice, even when we suffer grief and all kinds of trials. Now, in our world today, in our world today, a lot of people like to preach a message that that life is you know, that Jesus wants you to have this really, really kind of easy, happy go lucky life. And, and and the truth is is that that um that when you read through the Bible, the Bible talks a lot about stuff like trials. It talks a lot about grief and it talks a lot about suffering. And, um, but we can greatly rejoice even when we suffer grief in all, all kinds. And what the Bible says here in verse six, it says this, it says, uh, in all this, in all this, what's, what's, what's the all this? The all this would be being born again to a living hope. The all this would be that we have this imperishable inheritance. In all this, we greatly rejoice. What do we great, what do we rejoice in? We rejoice in the inheritance, right? We, we rejoice in the living hope, right? That's what we rejoice in. In all this, we greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have you have you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, suffer grief, all kinds of trials. In life, there are times when you suffer. Um, last week. I saw a picture on Facebook of a childhood friend. She was uh, the daughter of my pastor at the Bible Church of Little Rock when I was a kid. She lives in Walnut Valley, that neighborhood you just looked at. I saw a picture of her uh, in front of her home in this neighborhood that was smashed by a tornado. And my friend was rejoicing. She was rejoicing. She was rejoicing in Jesus. She was rejoicing in her church family, the Bible Church of Little Rock, who had come to her aid. Uh, my sister-in-law, uh, Jessica, I was just talking to you about her a moment ago. She's on hospice. She's on hospice. She has this, this malicious. You know what malicious means? She has this malicious, this angry, hostile... Um, lymphoma and little by little day by day she's dying my brother-in-law philip is loving her each day they have together he's loving her and he's grieving and they rejoice in the hope they have in jesus See, the Bible doesn't teach us that that if you are a Christian, everything's going to be perfect and okay. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that sometimes we have uh, we go through um, sorrow. That we go through grief of all kinds. We go through trials. But the Bible also teaches that we can rejoice. See, um, Jessica and Philip can rejoice in the hope they have in Jesus because This hope is something that Jessica's lymphoma cannot touch. That lymphoma cannot touch that hope. Her hope is a living hope. The lymphoma ends in death. Our hope ends in life. It will not be death that swallows up life. It will be. It will be life that swallows up death. That is her living hope. My friend John found out two weeks ago. He has stage four cancer. Last week, this is what he texted me yesterday. He said, last week I had a good week, but I had a bad day. That's the way it is when you have a living hope. Sometimes you have really good weeks and sometimes you have really bad days. That's just kind of the way it is. But in all of this, we can rejoice because there's something that colon cancer cannot touch. There's something that tornadoes cannot touch, that wildfires cannot touch, that lymphoma cannot touch. It's the living hope that we have in Jesus. Um, You know, the Scripture goes on to say that... um, that, that these trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, greater, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. What I want you to understand is this, is the reason that we can rejoice and hope in the middle of trials is because, because our trials do two things. Our trials, uh, they, they prove the value of our faith and they purify our faith. That's what trials do. See, the reason I can rejoice, the reason John can rejoice, the reason Jessica, Philip can rejoice, the reason my friend Holly can rejoice is because those trials reveal the character of their faith and purify, purifies the character of their faith. You know, um, uh, Peter writes to his friends, and he says, though you have not seen Jesus, Peter, of course, had seen Jesus. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy. Do you want to know how to experience inexpressible, glorious joy? Love Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Jesus. Love Him, believe in Him, even when you don't see Him. And Peter ends by saying, For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I'm going to go ahead and ask the worship team to come on back up, please. Today, I want to ask you again. Have you been born again? You know, there are different kinds of, you know, people talk about believing in Jesus. And there are some people who, they believe in Jesus. And their faith in Jesus has been tested through suffering and trials. And when you see them and you look at them, my mom is like this. When you see them and look at them, you say, wow, she's, she's the real thing. She's the genuine article. By the way, the, First Peter talks about that about the genuineness of our faith being purified by trials. There are some people, you look at them and their faith is they are, you know, it's rock solid and it has been proven and it has been purified through trials. Then there are other people, there are other people and, and they're kind of like on their way. They're on their way. They're not there, but they're on their way. It's like, you know, right now they're in the middle of trials and they're experiencing kind of in a new way the purification of their faith through trials that are extremely painful, and they are facing really, really difficult things. But but they are following Jesus imperfectly, and they are believing in Jesus imperfectly, and they are loving Jesus imperfectly, but they are believing and they are loving Jesus, and they are following Him. And then there are some people, they have that kind of Sunday school faith. And, uh, and it's kind of like... Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. But it hasn't really changed your life. I'm going to ask anybody who has that kind of faith, have you been born again? Because the faith that acknowledges Jesus but isn't changed by Jesus, what kind of faith is that? Is that saving faith? Is it? Have you been born again? And there are some people, and they don't really fit in any of those three categories. These are people who are, um, they're just kind of struggling with, you know, I, I don't know how to make sense out of all this stuff. There are some things in the Bible that are hard for me to accept and understand. All I'm going to encourage you to do It's just, understand this. Everything in the scriptures either points us to or prepares us for Jesus. The Jesus who went to the cross. The Jesus who died for you, for me. Who died for the marginalized, the rejected. Who who died for the the people who are not welcome in some churches. Which is kind of sad because I think churches should welcome anybody. Anybody who's open and receptive, and, and if that's where you're at, all I'm going to encourage you to do is is just just keep questioning, keep questioning, and keep coming to Jesus with your questions, because Jesus isn't put off by questions. Did you know that? He's not. He's not put off by questions. But today I want to ask you: Have been? Have you been born again? You know, as a young man, I, I prayed a real simple prayer and. I just said, Lord Jesus, my life is a mess because my life was a mess. I had walked away from Jesus. I had gone through a period of time in my life where I had been bullied intensely and, and uh, I had lost all self-respect through the experience. And I was a young man struggling with fear and struggling with, with, with a lot of bitterness and resentment and hatred in my heart. Uh, I was deeply insecure and I was terribly lonely. But I saw some other young people my age who had a a relationship with Jesus that I I deeply longed for. And I remember as a 16-year-old kid just saying, Lord Jesus, I need you. My life is a mess. I've walked away from you. I've walked away from everything I ever said I believed. And I ask you to come into my life and I ask you to forgive my sins. And I ask you to make me the kind of person you want me to be. And you know what Jesus did? forgave me. He loved me. And he accepted me. Just the way I was. And little by little for, wow, almost getting close to 50 years, he's been changing my life little by little, day by day. Um, If you've never been born again, can I just lead us in a prayer and I'll turn it over to you guys. If you want to be born again today, I would just encourage you to pray this prayer with me silently in your heart. Lord Jesus, my life is a mess without you. I have sinned in many ways. And I ask you to come into my life, to forgive my sin, and to make me the kind of person that you want me to be. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I'd love to speak with you before you leave. Or if you want to, you can reach me uh, either email gary at salonavalley.org or if you have my phone number, give me a call, whatever. Uh, but would love to talk to you more about that. So I'll turn it over to you guys.
1: Testing, testing. Thank you. Gary, thank you so very much, and thank you, everyone, uh, for being here today. We have a living hope in Jesus Christ. He is risen, and I am so grateful for that. So thank you for being here today to celebrate that and to worship God in response to that. Thank you as well to the Emmanuel Christian Church family for joining us today. It's been an honor to host you and have you here with us. Thank you very much. Chris and to Rocky and to Nico for joining us and leading in worship as well. It's been a pleasure and a privilege, and and thank you, Kayla and Daniel, as always, for your service as well. I am very grateful. A couple of important announcements I want to bring to your attention. First of all, uh, so today, uh, Pastor Gary began a brand new series on hope. And it's going to continue. It's not just a one-day thing. It's going to continue for several weeks. And so I want to invite you back uh, to keep coming back on Sundays at 10 a.m. Uh, to learn more and more about the hope that we have in Jesus because hope is here not just today but every day and every weekend. So please keep coming back. And to support that uh, that new series that we're doing, we have some... Um, Uh, small groups that are happening right now that are uh, diving into the subject on a deeper level and you can find information on those groups um, on our app. If you go to Google Play or to the App Store and type Solana Valley Church in there, you can download our app and uh, find information on the groups. You can also go to Solanavalley.org forward slash connect and find information there as well. Also want to Um, take this opportunity to worship God with our giving. We want to thank each and every one of you who faithfully give to the mission of our church, the mission of inviting people to follow Jesus, inviting people to embrace the hope and the grace that we have because of Jesus. We thank you for your giving. Again, if you're here, uh, we have two church families represented here this morning. If you're here, uh, as always with Solana Valley Church You can use um, our app to give. You can use our website as well. And also, if you have a a physical check you want to give, there's a silver mail slot in the wall there behind the sound booth that you can give to. And if you're here with Emmanuel Christian this morning, uh, the offering box is behind the booth as well. So uh, Emmanuel Christian family, you can uh, put your, your gift in there. And before we go to our final song, Rocky, you have a special announcement you'd like to share. Uh, yes,
2: uh, I want to thank, uh, of course, uh, Solano Valley for inviting us to worship with you guys today. And of course, uh, we want to thank them for allowing us to do our services, uh, worship services, every afternoon here. For those who don't that doesn't know, we worship at 4 p.m. So you're all invited to visit and worship with us anytime. That. Uh, at 4 p.m. And uh, we also have a a new pastor, uh, Pastor Rico Marquez, uh, who has joined us uh, starting this month. And uh, we're excited to uh, grow with him also.
1: All right. Thanks Rocky and congratulations Emmanuel Christian on your new, uh, your new pastor. That's pretty cool. Very, very cool. Let's stand together folks and let's worship one last time together this morning before we go our separate ways.
0: Let's sing it. I believe in the sun. I believe in the ransomware. I believe I overcome by the power of His blood. We sing amen. 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 I'm alive, I'm alive because He lives. Amen. Amen. Let my song join the one that never ends because He lives. in the grave. I was covered in sin and shame. I heard mercy call my name. He wrote the story. never end because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives every fear is gone I know he holds my life my future in his hand once again
1: because he lives
0: because he lives Tomorrow, because he lives, every fear is gone. I know he holds my life, my future in his hands. We sing, Amen. 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 I'm I'm alive, because He lives. Amen, amen. Let my song join the one never Once again, amen. Amen, amen. I'm alive, I'm alive because He lives. joy, the one who never end. because He lives. Because, because He lives. One more time, because He lives. Because He lives.
1: Thank you for being here. We hope to see you next week. I saw Lumpia back there. I'll race you to it. Thanks for being here. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nico. It was a-